Welcome to NucleCast, the official podcast of the ANWA Deterrence Center. Each week, we bring you leading nuclear deterrence experts for a lively discussion on current topics. Our host is Dr. Adam Lowther, Director of Strategic Deterrence Programs at the National Strategic Research Institute. The views of the host and the guests are their own. And welcome to another edition of NucleCast. I, of course, am your host, Adam Wilder. And today, we have two of my dear friends, Mr. Jeff Crater and Mr. David Sherrington, who are our guests on NucleCast. Now, you may know these fellas because they are, of course, institutions in the D.C. world and have been around for decades. And you may have seen them in the private sector on Capitol Hill. They've been everywhere in their time in uh, Washington and in the defense sector. And of course, they are the founders of the ANWA Deterrence Center, the host of NucleCast. And today I've asked them on uh, because I think it's only fair and right that we have them tell us why they started the ANWA Deterrence Center and what they're hoping to accomplish. Because as many of you know, uh, for those of us who support the nuclear enterprise and believe in the nuclear arsenal and the role it plays in maintaining a stable strategic deterrent, uh, we are, of course, a minority amongst the think tanks and advocacy groups in Washington. So with that, welcome to the show, Jeff and David. Oh, thank you, Adam. Thanks very much. I, Jeff, you want to start with how we got started, or you want me to? Uh, either way. Well, let me ask what? you guys a, a question to kick it off. And uh, we'll have you, Jeff, you know, we'll have you go first. So if you think back a few years to the time in which you started ANWA DC, what was it that led you to come together and start a new organization that would, you know, advocate for, uh, educate about uh, the nuclear enterprise. What led to the creation of ANWA DC? Well, I, th I think I was, and, and thanks for the question, Adam. I think I was m mostly uh, influenced by what I had done in my career, whether it had been on Capitol Hill, uh, doing oversight over uh, U.S. Department of Energy. Um, it was at, that was back in the, the late 80s, early 90s, when the Cold War was uh, had come to a close, the wall had come down, and um, and we were in the process of dismantling everything that we had just built up over the last uh, uh, 40, 50 years. And it was it was looking at, at that, and then having been at Department of Energy um, involved in the the cleanup uh, program. And also working with some national security issues um, there, and then and then in a career in industry uh, with BWXT, I think that was uh, probably the the greatest exposure I had. Um, the the company BWXT had just won the Pantex and Y12 contracts when I went to work for them in 2001, and when I saw um, firsthand what was happening at those 
at Pantex and Y12, how really dilapidated where it looked like Russia. I mean, it, I, you say that in the most negative sense that those facilities were absolutely falling apart and had not been had not been tended to. They didn't look like production facilities. It looked like places that needed to be uh, knocked down and, and remediated. And we're doing that right now. We are uh, uh, modernizing, um, knocking down facilities and, and building brand new facilities, uh, both. So um, I'd say that was probably the biggest uh, influence. The, the second part really was having talked to staff on Capitol Hill and um, David and I did a a tour and just talking to a wide variety of staffers uh, from both sides of the aisle um, in, in, in both chambers, we realized that uh, there really wasn't a sincere and genuine knowledge atrophy about um, uh, strategic nuclear deterrence, uh, the modernization effort. And this was probably, we're talking like 2017, 2018 timeframe that really hadn't gone off the ground yet. Um, so we knew there was a little bit of a void there that uh, needed to be filled. How about you, Dave? What what was the motivation for you as well? You know, um, we uh, as we were watching um, some of the uh, key champions, uh, and with all due respect to the senators and congressmen that are there now, there were some real champions of strategic nuclear deterrence on Capitol Hill. Uh, that we were seeing that had retired or, or were announcing that they were going to be retiring. This is again in the 2017 timeframe as we were considering standing up and deterrence center. And, you know, we, it was, uh, it was, was sort of a real concern. Well, who, who's going to sort of grab the mantle and be the champion uh, to talk about these issues and, and really lead in this space. And one of the things we noticed from the time I worked, had the, the honor to work on the staff of the Senate Armed Services Committee and some of the, the champions uh, then that uh, that were supporting a strategic nuclear deterrence, many of them had fought in World War II. I mean, there was, there was a not just on the committee, but across the Senate, there was a real uh, changing of a generation uh, uh, as well on Capitol Hill. So this was part of when Jeff and I were talking about, well, you know, Who's going to identify the next champions, and and maybe we can help, at least on the educational side. And so that that's what led to a stand up analog deterrent center. So as you think about sort of the breadth of organizations that are out there, and as you think about think tanks, so you know you have a organization like the Heritage Foundation that they're a sort of a pro nuke think tank in D.C., and then you've got the National Institutes of Public Policy that, you know, they primarily think about strategic deterrence. Um, it's a relatively small group of, of folks that actually support and advocate for policy and spending on, on the nuclear enterprise and on the defense nuclear enterprise. What is it that sets ANWA Deterrence Center apart? Is it how it operates, what it advocates, what makes it different, and therefore, what is the contribution? So, so we really are, uh, Adam, a, a educational organization. We're a five hundred one c three nonprofit. We don't uh, we don't do advocacy, but we but we we really want to educate. And and right from the beginning, we recognized that although we want to reach decision makers across the federal government, we want to reach stakeholders across the nation. 
one of our key focus uh, areas is to reach uh, members of Congress, uh, senators, uh, and their staff. And so, uh, in fact, when we first were doing our first uh, virtual forum, not virtual forums, our first forums, uh, we were doing them in person on Capitol Hill with a, with a very specific goal of, of uh, reaching those congressional staff and members and to raise uh, to to erase some of that knowledge atrophy that Jeff had spoken about, uh, you know, it was only when uh, with uh, COVID when we went virtual to us uh, to to continue to have the dialogues and the conversation, we were really able to bring in that nationwide audience, uh, which which has really been fantastic. But we've never lost sight of of our focus to really make sure we're we're continuing to reach out and and, and target uh, and making sure we're available. To the offices uh, up on Capitol Hill. So yeah, I one, think I, I go ahead. I just yeah. want to say that I, I, I agree uh, that that Capitol Hill is our target audience. There's no question about that. I think that's that's what makes us unique. Uh, both Dave and I uh, uh, worked on Capitol Hill. I I, I worked. We both worked for uh, House members. We worked, both worked at the committee level. We understand the um, you know how inundated staff can be with so many things in a given day and you and you you may be a an MLA that's a military legislative assistant on Capitol Hill but you may also be handling transportation issues and you know you may have a stack of uh, well back in the day we had paper uh, <laughs> um, of, of postcards say for from animal rights groups or whatever so you may be handling a wide variety of issues so you you need a, a concentrated way to get um, information in the hands of those staffers so they can understand and make good decisions for their bosses, as well as uh, uh, when they have to go to the floor to vote and making sure they, they vote um, according not only to their constituency, but both vote uh, based on the facts. So as you think about, as you mentioned Capitol Hill and, and this real need to educate staffers and members, uh, so as you think about your approach to doing this, what would you say is, is you know, the, the, the primary focus of, of ANWA and, the, you know, the primary way that you plan to, to, to conduct education and to make sure that this, this knowledge deficit that really is present throughout the country, that, that we work to correct that? You know, what's your take on that and how do you plan to, to you know, rectify that problem? Well, I, I think, you know, if you tune into our forums, I try to uh, tie it all together in, in a very brief amount of time, uh, sort of a nuclear nuclear or strategic nuclear deterrence 101. Uh, so, I, you know, I give a little bit of history, you know, understanding where, where, we, where we've come from the Manhattan Project, um, what FDR, the decision FDR had to make at the advice of, uh, of the likes of, of Einstein or Edward Teller back in the day. So you know, move, moving forward from, from, from that time frame to where we are today, where we have systems that are um, both on the warhead side, uh, have gone through series of life extension programs and really trying to uh, you know, educate staff that um, why, we need, uh, why we need to modernize. And you know, probably the most um, stark thing is that Russia and China have been modernizing um, all along for the last two decades. And we had to take a, a strategic so-called pause and focus on 
on tactical warfare um, post 9-11. And it was it's those issues that, you know, we we uh, um, have gravitated to. Um, and it's really only in the last uh, few years is that, you know, strategic nuclear deterrence has, has come to the fore. Um, and frankly, we need to focus on both. We need to focus both on the tactical side, of course. We will always do that um, to, to, as a part of uh, overall, overall deterrence strategy, as well as um, the strategic uh, piece. Uh, and I think one of the things that we do emphasize um, in our uh, in our education process is, you know, we, we bring up facts like during World War II, you know, there's estimates of anywhere from 70 million to all the way up to 150 million. A lot of a lot of those lives um, were lost during World War II. And it's those it's those very uh, dramatic and important um, data points that we try to emphasize that we, we don't want to repeat that. You know, uh, we need a strategic deterrent to prevent uh, the next world war. So that's uh, that's one of the larger points that we try to make. So for those who might not be familiar, could you talk about the speaker series that you have and potentially how, because there may be a lot of folks who are unfamiliar with it, who have never you know, tuned in uh, to one of these speakers. I mean, here recently you had uh, Brigadier General Stacy Joe Husser, who was the speaker and talked about NNSA, gave a great talk. But for many folks, uh, particularly who are outside the Beltway and may not be, you know, linked in uh, particularly well, uh, they might want to listen and, and, you know, educate themselves. So how can they find out about this? Yeah, we really appreciate it, Adam. And we're uh, we have a, a, a very good website that has uh, uh, recordings. This is another one of the benefits. If you know, you, you never want to wish uh, COVID on ourselves, but if we had to have it, one of the benefits of going virtual is we've recorded uh, most of the sessions. There's been a few that have been off the record, but we've recorded most of our uh, virtual forums, which we host approximately uh, somewhere between one and two every month. And uh, those, those are recorded and available to watch past uh, forums on our website. And we've, we've covered and try to cover as part of our educational series the breadth of strategic nuclear deterrence, where we cover the, the, uh, what happens at the Department of Energy's NNSA, the, the creation of uh, the, the, uh, where the nuclear warheads were originally developed and now uh, maintained and, and and life extended uh, for in our systems. We uh, have forums on the three legs of the triad. Uh, the, uh, the These are the delivery platforms. Uh, so it would be our submarines, our, our uh, bombers, and our, and our ICBM missiles, and, and now the replacement, uh, the GBST replacement for that, as well as uh, NC3, the Nuclear Command Control and Communications. How do you, how do you keep, uh, the entire uh, communications that's required to keep our, our our nation safe and secure, and make sure that uh, everything's running well on the communications side, which is perhaps one of the most important parts, and modernizing modernizing all those. So we've 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 held sessions across all of those, and then there's other uh, adjacent issues that still become important. We're going to do a session uh, in the near term on on uh, hypersonics and uh, hypersonic weapons. Uh, we've done some on uh, uh, 
on some of the uh, cyber integrity and, and uh, uh, as well as um, uh, advanced nuclear reactors uh, that could become a, a energy source for running some of the facilities and so forth and maintaining our strategic nuclear deterrent. So we really try to cover the breadth of, of the issue uh, as part of our educational series. As you think about the, you know, given your breadth of experience on Capitol Hill in particular, and as you think about, you know, with John Kyle, who was a, you know, great champion of the nuclear enterprise, with, you know, with his departure, uh, what do you see as sort of the best way to try to bring back, particularly in an environment where the Russians are threatening the use of nuclear weapons in Ukraine and against NATO, or where China is rapidly expanding its arsenal, what do you see as the best way to educate policymakers and those who fund nuclear modernization? How can we really reach their staffs and reach those members? You got that, Jeff? You want me to get <laughs> Sure, yeah. So, you know, we've, you know, one thing that we haven't really talked a whole lot about is that we've, uh, we emphasize that this whole, the whole enterprise and the modernization of it has really since um, um, we've refocused our uh, efforts on modernization has been a bipartisan issue, you know, and, and uh, from, uh, from uh, President Obama to President Trump, now to President Biden, uh, all three of those administrations have uh, pretty much fully funded the modernization uh, programs uh, for our strategic nuclear deterrent. And uh, so we think it's important to keep emphasizing that, you know, the, uh, the Secretary of Defense under, under um, um, President Obama, Ash Carter, you know, said that the, our strategic nuclear deterrent is is really the bedrock of our national security. So that is the foundation upon which we build everything else. So unless we have that bedrock in place, we start to hollow out as, as a military and we start to hollow out from a, uh, from a deterrent standpoint. Uh, we need both. We need both, um, um, both the, the, the strategic weapons as well as, um, as, well as tactical uh, weapons. So I think it's that sort of approach that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, David. I apologize. I apologize for that. Uh, you mentioned Adams, uh, Senator John Kyle, who uh, was truly a champion of, of our nation's strategic nuclear deterrence, and and there were many more before him. I, I don't want to discount the champions that are there today. And so we've talked about a knowledge atrophy. That doesn't mean that there's not House and Senate. Uh, uh, both parties, there's, there are some real uh, knowledgeable and, and champions of, of the systems today. And, and part of what we're happy about is I think we're helping uh, through some of our programs to, to weave some of that together and, and help, help uh, some of that communication happen and, and help, help some of those members and staff that aren't as well tied in have a place to come at least get some initial uh, information and then uh, – and then see how many, uh, how much uh, really is available to them on Capitol Hill. 
Yeah, just in terms of the, the bipartisan nature of this, if you look at um, present day, you, you, you have Senator Deb Fisher and you say, well, it, that's parochial. She's got Stratcom in her, in, in her state um, of Nebraska. But then you look to um, the current chairman of the Strategic Forces uh, Subcommittee over in the Senate, and it's Angus King. And he's taken a, um, a, a, an enormous interest in making sure that we have um, a robust uh, strategic nuclear deterrent. So, um, and then, of course, the chairman, uh, Reed, uh, from, from Rhode Island. So, you know, you look at these Inhofe. I mean, you, you could go on and on. So there are the, um, there are the champions t- today that, you know, I think we're uh, gradually building as we start to um, go from modernization in its infancy to uh, uh, really building out the, uh, the delivery systems and extending the life of our uh, existing warheads. This episode of NucleCast is brought to you by the Anwa Deterrence Center, whose mission is to educate Americans about the nuclear enterprise and strategic deterrence. So what is it, you know, one of the things that I think many people are interested in is to know the exact difference between ANWA and the Heritage Foundation or Brookings or CSIS. What makes ANWA different and and, and unique? Uh, you know, uh, I think in each of those that you named, uh, they cover a, a large number of different issues. We're pretty singularly focused on strategic nuclear deterrence. I think um, uh, also, uh, you know, uh, I think uh, we bring a uh, opportunity that really have access, uh, and, and with all due respect to those, they do as well, but uh, uh, by being, also by going virtual, really uh, have access to us, including for uh, congressional staff. So that, that's been a main focus of what we've tried to do is make sure that we uh, are, are very available to congressional staff. I'm sure those other entities are as well. Um, uh, so I don't know, Jeff, you might have some other things to offer. I, I think I think that pretty cover, well covers it. And so many people will always ask the question, you know, how is an organization funded? And so how, how is ANWA structured and, and, and who, you know, who funds the organization? Very good. And, and, and again, uh, this information is available on our website. We have uh, uh, members, uh, corporate, academic, and, and other organizations that are members uh, of ANWA Deterrence Center, organizational members. Um, and so they uh, help provide uh, our 
funding to allow us to, to do the educational programming. Uh, they, these funds come to us as, again, we're a 501c3 nonprofit. And so we, uh, uh, we, we, we apply uh, these funds so that we can continue to do this, these types of programs. We, uh, we do also have uh, sponsors of some of our series, uh, series of forums. And so uh, between, uh, uh, between the uh, memberships and the sponsorships, that's how we are able to keep it, keep it going. And we really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you to our, our members and sponsors. And I think because of our unique 501c3 status, we've got, um, we're able to bring in some of our national laboratories who have been tremendous supporters of what, what we're trying to accomplish through, uh, through the deterrence center. And even in this program today on uh, bringing on uh, yourself, Adam, and in the Nucleocast, uh, you know, we have Pacific Northwest National Laboratory as well as the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory, and of course Los Alamos National Laboratory are among our uh, our, our key um, national labs that uh, have supported us. So, as you think about the next twelve months, the next you know five years, and then the long term. What is it that you're hoping to accomplish uh, through ANWA DC? Uh, I think a, a making a, a much more literate America when it comes to strategic nuclear deterrence. Uh, part of when we set up ANWA Deterrence Center, again, it was focused towards Capitol Hill. Part of why we decided to launch uh, Nuclecast, and, and thanks so much for helping uh, make, make, make that happen. Uh, that, that what we wanted to do was really make this available to across America and, and really much more accessible uh, so that uh, again uh, this is we're not the final word on it we're the beginning we're the we're the place where you can get some of the initial information tremendous information we have we've had a wealth of uh, just incredible experts that have joined us uh, and provided uh, so much fantastic information but it's it's a place to begin the conversation and then and then go and, and go and find some of those books and and reports and other information uh, uh, to help uh, you know again build that that literate uh, country when it comes to strategic deterrence. Uh, I think we it's it's something if you look and see what China's doing right now, what Russia's doing right now, what other countries are doing, really building up a, a strong modern strategic nuclear deterrence. And, and again, as Jeff mentioned earlier, we were kind of coasting on what we had built before. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, uh, when it comes to uh, national security, if, if, if you don't uh, continue to, to modernize, you'll find yourselves behind and, and, and placing your, yourself and your allies at risk. And I think, it, I think if there's a, to add to what David said is, I think there, if, if you're going to have a takeaway from uh, our forums, is that we need to we need to stay stay on course. Uh, we need to modernize. We need to replace Ohio's with Columbia. We need to replace um, our aging bomber fleet with the you know with the B twenty one, and uh, and and then of course we need um, we need Sentinel. Our ground based strategic nuclear deterrent needs to be needs to be modernized, um, as well as um, our nuclear command control communications. Um, you know, you can tune into our forums on on that front and see, you know, chapter and verse why we need to to modernize. We're still dealing with some systems that are pretty antiquated, um, to say the least. And then, of course, the NNSA, uh, the warheads 
we need to extend the life of our warheads, but we also need modern facilities that are, are safer and more efficient. And I would say two things, um, we need to make sure that we uh, um, drive um, um, the modernization in given what we, we're seeing with China and Russia in a, in a more accelerated fashion. We can't rest on uh, we can't rest on our, our loyals and do things the way we've done things in the past. So I think we're going to try to address those topics, even go a little bit deeper. Um, you know, how can we accelerate um, this mission uh, to get to modernization um, on time or even ahead of schedule? So as you look into the future, you know, and this there's we all have aspirational goals, and as you look aspirationally forward and think about where ANWA is placed and what it will be doing. And where do you see the organization, you know, five years from now? No, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's certainly something we think about. Um, you know, we certainly hope we're, we're continuing to do the educational type program that we're doing today. We're hoping Nucleocast is is listened to by thousands uh, every week and, and millions, and that's millions not thousands. Millions. <laughs> uh, my, my, your aspirations are, are, are stronger than mine. I need to catch up with you. My apologies. Millions, well, millions. Perhaps, perhaps. We thousands will, will challenge really Joe Rogan one day. Yes, <laughs> thousands would be very good uh, across the country because those individuals, again, are talking to their neighbors and their family and, and so forth. So it, it has a cascading effect in, in, in building that literacy. Um, we, you know, we, we're not sitting on our laurels. I mean, Jeff and I and the team here are constantly looking like like Nucleocast and and what and to and to, and to get that going. And that you know, we're, we're happy that's launched, and and we're happy uh, uh, you know where it, it's going, where it's going. But we're already looking at what are the other types of things we can be doing to uh, really make sure uh, we can support through education uh, in so many different places. So we're looking, um, you know, it's, it's, I guess more transactional with the types of things we're thinking about doing is, can we be involved in, in, in more conferences or maybe in the creation of seminars, workshops or, or conferences? So we're, we're exploring that. We're trying to see where, where we best fit in to help make that happen. But I, I think it all goes back to our, I mean, you know, no, it's always expanding. Can we reach more Americans? But but it's always been, um, you know, our goal has been that educational piece. And I, I don't think it really changes. I think our aspirations are, can we reach more people? And can we make make our nation more literate? Really have champions, uh, as, as we have had uh, up on Capitol Hill, more than we have now. We have many, but we need more. And and so I, I think it, continuing that, uh, goal of of educating Americans. Uh, I think we'll continue to do that, but but we're certainly thinking about how can we expand that to reach more people. You know, it's a it's a, a great challenge. You know, I've spent most of my career, you know, as a professor within the professional military education system, teaching on teaching airmen mostly about nuclear operations and nuclear deterrence and you know, for a service that that's primarily, you know, they're, they own two of the three legs of the triad, you'd be amazed at how many airmen really don't know much about um, 
the strategic nuclear deterrence. So therefore, it's in many respects understandable that Americans and members of Congress who have many, many other competing issues that they have to think about and that they have to worry about, that strategic deterrence is not, you know, on their mind 24-7. And so that's what I think Nuclecast is here for. That's what ANWA DC is here for, is to help inject uh, that thought and that understanding, particularly as we, we face, you know, a very challenging future with a revanchist Russia and certainly an assertive and aggressive China. And so it's, it's a noble mission you gentlemen have uh, taken on yourselves. I don't think that uh, we will be calling you Don Quixote anytime soon. I don't think you're tilting at windmills. It's, uh, it's certainly a noble, noble effort, and we appreciate it. You know, for those of us who have spent our careers uh, working on this, we're certainly glad you're here, and we appreciate, uh, you know, your effort to educate and grow the knowledge, particularly on Capitol Hill and in the country writ large. So, so we appreciate that. So thanks hey, for coming Adam, on the show. <laughs> Adam, let me just say thank you back to you uh, from both Jeff and me. I mean, uh, when we first started having this idea, the three of us were talking about, what about a, a podcast? And that's going back maybe even uh, a year ago or so now. And, and, uh, What's it going to take? And, and you've really uh, turned this into a, a great thing. And we're, we're so appreciative and, and we're just so happy with how many more people we're, we're now reaching uh, through Nuclecast. So thank you very much. You for know, the great doing with us. The, the, the saddest thing about podcasting uh, that you lose in, you know, from being, you know, in the same room is you, you, you can't do a, a group hug on a podcast. So we, we, we can't, our mutual admiration society can't have a giant group hug. So, uh, you know, that I'm truly disappointed. Next time we see you in person. <laughs> oh, well, well, you know. Well, next time we see you. <laughs> I'll, I'll hold you to that. Well, we, I'm going to expect a hug. <laughs> it's Indeed. funny, David and I were first talking about this. We, we said, we, we got to get Adam. I know he, you know, not only our audience knows this, but. Adam is, is a is a longtime DJ. I don't, I don't know whether it's North Central or South Alabama. Is that right? It was. It was uh, West Alabama, technically. <laughs> so, you know, you know, what's funny is uh, my my initial aspiration. I have never told the listeners this, and I occasionally oh do this: is I wanted to be a stand up comedian, and I, I pitched <laughs> the idea to to my wife, and she was like, "No." You've got to get a real job. That's not a real job. <laughs> so I went from desiring to be a comedian to focusing on strategic deterrence. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a natural fit. So I think uh, the nation has benefited from your uh, chosen uh, avocation. So thanks, thanks to your wife and thanks for everything you're doing. Okay. Well, with that, we are, of course, out of time on this edition of Nuclecast. So I want to thank my guests, Jeff Crater and David Sherrington, the founders and the fearless leaders of the ANWA Deterrence Center. Thanks for coming on the show. Until next time. Thank you.